Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Healing Courageously. On this episode, we're going to talk about a call to discipleship, a call to discipleship. And this evening on this episode, I have a good friend and actually uh, I've been mentoring him and his wife for about a year now, Jared. And we recently had a trip, fishing trip. He started a new life group. You know, and the one thing that my wife and I, we work with a lot of people. And the one thing that we absolutely insist on everybody having, a matter of fact, our couples group, when we meet, we generally, it's all about having fun. And I think what happens a lot of times in, in, when we get involved with discipleship or recovery, all these things that we do, when we start diving into it, it can become quite time consuming and, and, and take over a lot of our time and our effort. So it's really important that we take time during our journey to have fun. Whatever that looks like to you, you know, um, it's okay to have fun. We're not a glum lot. I mean, we absolutely insist on having fun. Yeah, there's a time to be serious, but, you know, be serious for a little bit and then have fun. So, um, and, and part of my, my goal is that even with, as I do these podcasts, a lot of them are very serious podcasts. And I, I want to also speak on these having fun. I, I mean, it's important Absolutely. that we have fun. And and uh, Jared started a new life group at Destiny Church. And, and a life group is a great way to get involved with other men and, and you know, enjoy a journey walking with Christ and with men and, 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 you know, seeing everybody's life change. And it's called Fishers of Men. And what it is, once a month, we get together and we, we do a fishing, a day of fishing. And... Uh, we Travis prepares a message for for, for those those trips, and we went on our first trip this last Saturday. It was an ocean trip, and it, it's funny because we're having fun. And last year, I I got back into my saltwater fishing. Somebody from church said, "Hey, Randy, you know we're catching a lot of fish. Why don't you come?" And it was all all on for me, you know. And the next thing you know, I got Travis. Travis, hey, you want to go fishing? Oh, yeah. You know, because he. he, he Travis works his butt off. I mean, that's all I can say. He, Thank him, you. and his wife got a, a, they, do, they do great countertops, epoxy countertops, or artisan artisan design concepts. Design concepts. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have to, I'm working with with Jared and his wife both. Let's have fun. And so I take him fishing, and he, he has fun. And then he comes home, and his wife glaring at me because he comes home with all sorts of new <laughs> fishing gear. You know, it's either fishing or hunting, and these guys go out with me. Next thing you know, they're going home and buying all this gear. Well, you know, it, it's it's all it's all fun, and 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 it, it's uh, it, 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 we have to do it as human beings. So many people get caught up in work all the time. And I don't know you and Stacy bust your butt. Mm. Kat, Kathy and I are always grilling on you guys. You got to take time for yourself. Yep. You know, so yeah. Travis is getting pretty good about it. And, 
a lot of the men were getting good about. So like I say, Travis is here. He, he started this group called um, Fishers of Men. And we were last week because of time, you know, they, it was our first trip. We didn't have time before we got on the boat. And then by the time we got off, everybody was tired and disappearing, which is understandable. And it was noisy on the boat. So he didn't get right. to prepare his message. So I'm just going to let him kind of talk. And, you know, as we go, I'll, I'll probably ask him some questions and we'll kind of elaborate on some of the stuff he says. But, um, you know, discipleship isn't a, you know, it's not, it's nothing really intense. I mean, it's just walking with somebody that's just mm-hmm. discipling. It's like a mentorship almost, you know. But it's, I had a company for, for 20 years, and I was mentoring young kids come up in the construction world. Well, I was discipling them. I was teaching them a trade, but not only the physical part, but I was discipling, on, discipling them on how to perform, how to look at plants. It's just teaching. It's walking with somebody. And when you have a, a group of 12 guys, it makes it really special. So I want Travis, go ahead, because I keep talking. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. So um, starting the life group, Fishers of Men, uh, why did I start it? Um, well, I I always looked at the term discipleship as something that's like very serious and very and very straightforward, and 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 it always kind of scared me that word discipleship, because yeah. because you know it's it's almost like the first thing I that came to mind whenever I thought about what am I going to, how am I going to be a disciple and, and during my walk. And it's like, I, I, it, it was scary because I couldn't see myself getting out there and ministering to people, trying to bring them into, into salvation uh, through the word and, until I took a, a bit of a closer look at it. And even even in the midst of creating a life group, which was kind of instigated by your wife, to be honest. Of course, yeah. And I'm and uh, I had always uh, been interested in starting some form of small group or a life group, but never did I really think that it would be something geared towards uh, discipleship. And so I kind of started thinking about what I like to do on my free time. Let me let me okay. ask you one question yeah. real quick, because the, the fear of discipleship. Oh, okay. Okay. But was the fear not also because if you're being discipled, you're having to get close to somebody. Right. And you're having to be honest with them and open up and be vulnerable with them. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's even a bigger fear for a lot of men. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And just being able to, to be the one setting the example and, and teaching somebody the way, uh, it's, it's, it's a little scary and it kind of makes me feel like it, it definitely the thought of it was really putting me out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to explain how your wife kind of charged me with the mm-hmm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of uh, fellow church members that had posted pictures of him setting up uh, uh, some trout rods in the garage, talking about how he was going to get a day out on the water. And I started thinking to myself, I was like, man, I didn't know you liked to fish. I said, uh, we need to go out there and do some fellowship and fishing and stuff like that. And, and I've always wanted to start a life group. And I was thinking, you know, what better way to talk about the word than with other men, which can be quite awkward for men in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Coming together as a group and talking about that stuff. But what if I found a way 
to bring a fun fellowship into the mix and try to complement it, none other than the call to discipleship, which started with uh, Jesus walking on the shores of Galilee and, and calling his first two disciples. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, should I start? Okay. Uh, the first call to discipleship started and, and was um, noted in Matthew four eighteen verses 18 through 20. Okay, and I'm reading uh, English Standard Version here, and it reads, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is also called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Okay, and for me, that was extremely impactful. And so Simon... And Andrew, they were fishermen, mm -hmm. and I love to fish. Randy loves to fish, and so that's how the first two disciples came into yeah. salvation yeah. of Christ is through fishing. Yeah. Okay. So there's, and even in my own profession that I started, I feel drawn towards Christ because I do a lot of carpentry. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so if you know the the mm -hmm. background backstory on on how Jesus was a, a craftsman. Uh, it, it's easy to see that I'm drawn towards doing things in my life that are uh, Christ-like. Okay? Hey, you know, I think about that when I'm in my garage, you know, mm -hmm. doing those crosses, yeah. you know, and, I, and I just, I'm just building these arbors for the church right now. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, it's all that's on my mind, you know, this is what Christ did. Mm -hmm. So in, in order to put yourself, it, put your mind into a mode of fellowship the way the first disciples did, for me, I, I, a great idea was born, and, and, and your wife, Kathy, she, uh, she, I said, I, I've, I've been wanting to get a group of guys to go out there, uh, get together and go out and do some fishing, and Kathy chimed in and she said, you should start a life group. Yeah, that's my wife. I was like, funny you say that. Uh, maybe I should, and maybe yeah. it should be geared towards the fellowship yeah. of fishing, and no better name to call it other than Fishers of Men. Yeah. And, and being that it's geared towards discipleship, we'll see as... As the group uh, continues to to evolve and develop, in the spirit of discipleship, you know I'm going to be charging all the members of this life group to at least make an attempt to invite somebody who is either in faith, uh, distant in faith, or having no faith at all. Okay, if I can too, I, I reflect back on this being disciples. I mean, a fisherman, just like the, the first decided the first uh, apostles were that last year when I went on that trip with Eric that you were unable to go on mm -hmm. when we had those we had a total of 16 on the boat right and I think 13 of those 16 had never they were all in recovery brand new recovery never fished and never even been on the boat mm -hmm. and we went out there with these guys and we, we got in we got a wide open bite and these guys absolutely had a ball and but it was it was us discipling them in a way of love, Christ's love. We were showing the love of Christ through, hey, you haven't caught a fish before? Here you go, take this, right? Right. So it, it, it happens, you know, just like this last trip, where nine of us, or 11, 11 but yeah. eight of them never fished before. In right, yeah. That was the amazing thing right. is because, one, we're taking them out of their comfort zone yep. and putting them into a new activity that they can uh, bond with men as well as, as have some sort of spiritual foundation mm -hmm. Uh, that can draw us closer to Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. absolutely. And so I'll, I'll, I'll continue uh, with uh, my message here, okay? 
so Matthew 4, 18, 18 through 20, okay? Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. This was Jesus' first call to discipleship on the shores of Galilee. This here, this here what we're looking at is our shores of the city of Galilee, okay? Yeah. And what I mean by that is where we are fishing at, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, off the coast of San Diego, wherever it is, mm -hmm. you know, Lake Bria, uh, Kaipa, uh, right here, <laughs> and, and beautiful wherever we are. That's our that's our Gal that's our Sea of Galilee, mm -hmm. okay? And we're being uh, we were called there not just for shell fellowship, but because it's time that Destiny had, a, or or not that De it's time that Destiny had a really cool fishing trip, but because Destiny. They need a ministry that is geared towards bringing non-believers into faith and making believers of them through the power of the Word of God. It, it, those crews, mm -hmm. a lot of those crews, they're not believers. No. You know, no. So they can be pretty rough, but I think on, on that trip, we showed them. We had a blast. I remember I was that ND dropped the F-bomb. We go, right. oh, man, sorry. So I go, dude, you're a human being. You're mm -hmm. okay. You're not going to film me. You know, so it's showing them. That's, you know, we're discipling together, but we also have that crew. Mm -hmm. so we're, we're not only uh, strengthening uh, the people that came with us, but we're also planting seeds. Absolutely. Okay? Not not just with our guys, but yeah. with the crew as well. Mm -hmm. So they see that, and now they want to do more trips with us because they say I had a blast. Mm -hmm. the, the atmosphere was pleasant, mm -hmm. and, and everybody was in good spirits mm -hmm. the, the whole entire time. Yeah. Okay? And, and they love that. And so I... It's definitely planting seeds. So we're going to continue to uh, uh, organize more trips uh, for this because I think I think we've found something here that men can get interested in and become closer together as a unit and especially strengthen our, our core of men in the church. Mm -hmm. These men, they lead households. Yeah. They have families they need to guide, and, and this is another way for them uh, to, to get more inspiration to lead their family. Yeah, and I think it's a shame, you know, or sad. I want to say shame. I don't like the word shame. I think it's sad that, you know, we had, you know, eight of those men that had never fished before. And, you know, I think that as a father, I mean, right. I, taught, I started with my kids really young, right? Right. And I, and I think it's important that we at least show them, give them the opportunity to get out in the wilderness, out in the ocean and fish and learn about it. Breathe the air. Breathe. Look at the water. Absolutely. Just close your eyes. Feel the wind. All right. That's therapeutic in itself. Absolutely, it is. <laughs> yeah. So let me let me go ahead and continue, uh, and and say that as fishermen, we use nets, hooks, rods, reels, ropes, harpoons, and gaffs to catch our fish. Our net, as fishers of men, will be the gospel. Okay, and that's the whole foundation. How are we able to share the gospel? Okay, that's a good question. First, we have to be able to know and understand what that means and further be able to communicate what the word says or at least lead a person to someone with enough, enough knowledge and understanding of the word to simply guide that person and help him or her understand the meaning of things like salvation, repentance, faith, confession, sin, forgiveness, and most of all, love. And I, and I, I mean, just as you're talking and when I got back in the church after 38 years, it's like, we don't need the scripture shut down. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, that as I do with a lot of people, it's like we talk, we meet them on a human level. Right. And we talk about their experience and then something comes up and God speaks to you and say, you know, 
something in the Bible happened years ago, almost identical to what happened to you. And here, here's where it says it right here in the right. Bible. So it's relatable to them, especially because a lot of people think that the, the gospel is all thunder, lightning, and, and bolts. You mm -hmm. know? So it's really important that that last, the last part, that and most of all, love. Like we have to be loving and forgiving to them. Absolutely. And so as, as we're going to continue to progress in this life group, we're going to discover things that, through this fellowship that help us uncover to, our potential to be better fishers of men, better disciples, better Christians. Better husbands. Better, better fathers. Absolutely. And, the, and it keeps going. So let me, let me talk about the next point. Uh, being a fisherman of men requires a set of tools, okay? Uh, not all fishing rods and gaffs, but the armor of God is a tool that we need in order to be an effective disciple, okay? We've got to start with the basics and keep ourselves protected first. And I'll read Ephesians 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 10 through 20 in the English Standard Version. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the sands and also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth, boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. It's right there. As I ought to speak. I mean, and we, we, we learn to speak our truth with love. And we learn to do it boldly, but with love. Mm -hmm. Because I think for so many of us, and you journey with Kathy and I, you, we talk about all the time, we lose our voices mm -hmm. as kids. So now it's time to put on the armor and know that when I speak, I'm speaking the words of God. I'm speaking behind the armor that I'm wearing. Yeah. Know, the belt of truth. This is the truth. You know? and, and, and through my journey, and through myself and my wife's journey with you and Kathy, the armor of God is is proving more uh, a common thought in my day-to-day -day more than anything because it seems like the devil is so angry because me and my wife we're starting to do it right mm -hmm. and, and it's through christ and and it, it wasn't always pretty i mean we, we were we we're a mess when we came to you <laughs> and you probably go to bed at night thinking how am i going to save this couple nah, we knew god could do it we couldn't do it God was going to do it. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, he probably thinks we ain't got but a couple months before nah. we have to go do something. <laughs> you know, you, you know, we say it all the time. We believe in everybody. It's good. Yeah, we believe that it doesn't matter what rabbit hole you've been down in your life, what you've gone through. You know, and Kathy and I are proof of that because of the affair I had in 2004, mm -hmm. the addictions and all that. We, 
We put a lot of hard work in. But just like you and and, and, and through your own trial and tribulations, you're able to speak life into our marriage. Yeah. And and me and Stacy, we're getting to a point where we're able to start speaking life into other things, that's other what people. It's all about. That's and the so that's that, discipleship. That's the gift that's give right. keeps giving right through the ministries, you exactly. know, and and marriage counseling. This is his ministry, and and it's. I, I have to give it to him. I, I don't. I don't think I'd be married if, if I didn't make a decision, to reach out, and and establish a relationship with you. Yeah. Okay. Not just CR, but yeah. You know, through finding a mentor, somebody that could help guide me, because mm-hmm. I, I was probably it, it. Timing was everything in that in our life. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and starting a new business when. When communication is already an issue, it, it puts so many strains on our marriage. But we were lucky, you know, that was a gift from God to put a, put you in our life, and yeah. so we're eternally grateful for that. And you know, and we look forward to one day being able to kind of share that wisdom that we've absorbed from you and Kathy. And you will, and you will, because so, you got you know, there's a lot of people out there just like you. Mm-hmm. I I have a story to tell. My wife has a. a a story to tell and and in all due time it, it'll come out when she's ready uh whenever i'm able to to get through my fourth step i'll be able to to get my story out there mm-hmm. so that i can start changing lives and uh, aside from my own life <laughs> uh i'll be able to uh speak life into other people so i'm i'm still going through my journey but mm-hmm. i can definitely see the difference from my starting point to where i'm at now so here, here's the beauty about it, Travis, is this, is that people are watching you now. And as I always say, you know, you never know who's watching you. And people are looking at the two of you right now, right? And, you know, one of our pastors, Pastor May, he, he sees it. He sees the changes. And it's, it's great for Kathy and I to hear him tell us this. He sees the changes in, in you and all the other people that we've worked with. It's, he goes, I see it. It's, 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 it's right there. Mm-hmm. Which which is is affirming. So people are watching, and your actions, as we talked about, are going to show a lot more than words. So you're already helping people. You're helping just because they're watching you, and they're seeing you struggle and work through the issues. Mm-hmm. And somebody in the back of mind, they're, they're they're watching you, and they're going, "If they can do it, I mean, we can do it." I mean, one day they'll be there that I talk to. And one thing that I'm starting to kind of see more prevalently than any other point in my life is that one person's struggle is another person's blessing yep okay and that's something that i've been able to take on all fronts of any kind of issues that i'm 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 working on as far as my care my defects are concerned right so yeah that's a great point one person's struggle is another person's blessing. absolutely you know what they say uh, my, my therapist told me this and i love it. your greatest your greatest sorrow will become your greatest joy and your greatest joy will be your greatest sorrow mm. <laughs> And I think about what I do right now. My greatest joy is not my greatest sorrow when I work with these abuse victims. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's like my joy is to work with them, but it's also really sorrow for me. And I like how you put it, you know, being able not just to to tell somebody how they work through their issues like a therapist mm-hmm. would do. Mm-hmm. But you actually walk through the gates of hell with them yep. and pull them out of out of what they're struggling with. You know, you you take them by the hand and you walk with them. Yep. Just like Jesus did. Thank you. Yeah, no, you that's exactly I mean? it. Yeah. And that that's that's your means of discipleship. Exactly. I mean. So. 
So yeah, it's a lot of work, and it, 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 it's 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 a it's a joy, and having people like Tra you know, Travis and Stacy, and we got a lot of lovers, and they're all they're all doing great. But they're doing the work. Kathy and I are just the best. So, so we're cool. talking about walking the walk now. Uh, now mm -hmm. we're like talking the talk, okay? Uh, uh, and another thing that comes up is is obedience in the oh, word. Yeah, okay, yeah. one more key event in in the Bible tells us. The events that unfolded after Jesus was crucified and killed on the cross, and it was described in John chapter twenty-one, verse four through six. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the, the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, "Children, do you have any fish?" They answered him, "No." He said to them, "Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some." So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Now, that scripture right there, it totally provoked so much thought. Just in, 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 in that two, uh, two or three verses right there. And so, you see, after the death of Jesus, Peter and the disciples, while they were in extreme sadness, they decided to go fishing. Because that's what they knew. It was a safe place for them. And when Jesus asked them if they caught anything, they already knew the answer, but it was a test of obedience, okay? Jesus already knew the answer, all right? So being that this was a test of obedience, they fished all night and caught nothing. They were doing it their way and not the way of faith. Then Jesus shows up at the crack of dawn, resurrected, and tells them to cast on the right side. Okay, so I've done some research on the significance of the side in which they threw their nets, for fishing after Jesus told them to throw it over the right side. Now, there are two beliefs that I've learned uh, regarding this event that are both impactful and worthy of, uh, worthy of this share. All right, the first one was their way of doing things on whatever side they were throwing the net was just that, their way. And to throw it on the side that Jesus said to throw it on, that was an absolute act of obedience because they were able to verbalize their own response and hear them confess no when Jesus asked them if they caught anything. So there's probability that they would see that their way wasn't working at first. So uh, almost a, 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 a lack of better options, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so the second was the way that they were positioned. On the, and this is some other Bible scholars that were kind of analyzing the, the scriptures a little mm -hmm. deeper. And some had said that the second uh, uh, theory was that the way that the boat was positioned on the water about 100 yards from the shore when Jesus was talking to them and telling the cast on the right side, as in towards Jesus, towards the shore, uh, I could see how it really didn't make sense for them because there's a hundred yards in between the shore and the boat. Mm -hmm. So, and from obvious reasoning, it suggested that there's less likelihood of catching anything in that area with a net, no less from the boat to shore where Jesus stood, as opposed to a more obvious set of options, which would be to clearly throw the net towards the direction of the open water. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which it would be their way, right? <laughs> um, How's that working for you? Right? <laughs> so this was an illustration of obedience to follow the word of God. Even if it does not appear to be a logical thing to do at first glance, which it clearly wasn't. So what I mean is that just because it doesn't look like the right way from our obvious perspective, as long as we are casting our nets in the direction that God wants us to cast them, we're going to be blessed for our obedience. Right. Okay? Absolutely. Anything to add to that? Yeah, there's a lot. 
Okay. So a, a, a big question that I wanted to charge to the members of my group yeah, and yeah, anybody yeah, who yeah. watches this is is do some homework and and read the word and try to ask yourself after you've done a fair amount of research and ask yourself what discipleship means to you. Okay. That's a great question. As you brought up what you uh, believe discipleship mm-hmm. is, is is teaching. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So for for some people, it can mean so many different things. Like for me, the first thought of discipleship, I'm like, oh man, that all sounded great together. But I was like, I gotta go disciple somebody now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I can do that. You know, I don't know if I have it in me. It was oh, a scary feeling. You don't. God does. Yeah. God believes in you, right? You know, and and, the, and let me tell you something. The, the, our trip was absolutely broke, blessed. Everybody went home with fish, and and there was one fisherman with us. He had God had he he came and told me before the trip kicked off that God put it in his heart uh, to cover the cost of the trip in the first place. It was a blessing, yeah. That was a blessing right there. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing the fruits of that other than what we had already established there's people that friendships were made bonds were established right. great fellowship and and they want to come back for more that's that's a beauty okay? so when you create an avenue for people that want to come back together that makes it all that much more that's productive that's and fruitful so i was i was pleased to to really kind of materialize that idea uh, that your wife kind of gave me. I'd already come in tossing it around. I'm like, right. you know, but right. like she really kind of, you know, she well, did. Healthy. She did what a pastor does. Right. You know, she she charged me. Yeah, she did. <laughs> so. Pastor Paul and Pastor Paul charges me all the time. Oh, I bet. Oh, she, yeah. <laughs> so on the obedience, this one, uh, the first was their way of doing things on whatever side by by whatever side they were throwing the nets was just that mm-hmm. their way. As I always say, my favorite saying is, how's that working out How's for that you? working for you, man? <laughs> All right. And so, and to throw it on the side that Jesus said to throw was an absolute act of obedience because they were able to verbalize their own response and hear from them confess no. When Jesus asked if they caught anything, they would see that their way wasn't working. Now, it, it, that is huge, that their way isn't working. Yours and Stacy's way wasn't working it definitely wasn't so part of the obedience is as for as you or anybody else is we're journeying with a mentor or a counselor or whatever just to say mentor and he says or she says hey why don't you cast your net over here right why don't you look at it a little bit different mm-hmm. you're you're looking your perspective is way 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 south right. we need to look more northeast mm-hmm. all right so it's the same thing are you in a lot more, more than more than one couple, they want to fight that. Mm-hmm. And why do they want to fight it? Because they're so tuned in to this certain way of behavior, mm-hmm. and they've been doing it for how many years? Right, right. So we talked earlier about being vulnerable. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now here it is. Hey, Travis, <laughs> look it. Here's what I want you to do, Stacy. I want you to go home tonight. Right. I'm just hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want you to go home tonight when you get home. I want you to come up, come up from behind her gently, wrap your arms around her, mm-hmm. kiss her on the neck, and tell her how much you love her and how much you need her, need, need her in your life. Absolutely. Uh, that would probably be uncomfortable mm-hmm. the first time, would it not? Right. Uh, okay. Well, if I haven't done it in a while. <laughs> it, well, my, yeah. my, my mentor, 
had me do that. And I go, well, I do it. He goes, do it anyways. And I tell you, it was hard. Mm -hmm. And when she turned to look at me, she said, what are you talking about? You got me. It's like, let me just pop my bubble. But yeah, I know I got you. Then I had to do the second time. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's the same thing. In discipleship, no matter what it is, no matter, you know, it's Peter and, 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 and Bartholomew, Andrew and all those guys that were in the ship, on the boat, casting it to the other side is obedience to God. Mm -hmm. right? If we want our life to change and we're trusting mentors, then are we going to be obedient to their suggestions? Right. right? So it, I always like to bring this, you know me, let's bring the scripture into real life. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. It's exactly what it says. I think that's what we have to do. In our How are we applying the metaphor of yes, casting our net exactly. the, on the right side? Which could either be the right side because it's what Jesus said, or it could be the right side because that's that's the, that's where you should throw it. Right. You know what I mean? By obvious reckoning. Okay, so uh, that alone is allowing somebody to disciple into your life like a mentor and tell you which way you need to start casting your net. <laughs> to, <laughs> It's such a beautiful metaphor because it applies in so many different scenarios. And, and then, it, I mean, it could even get a little complex. You say, okay, Jesus, I cast my, my net to the right side like you, you told me to. I was obedient to what you told me to do. Nothing happened. Well, what do you mean nothing happened? Is there something you missed along the line? Mm -hmm. Why didn't anything happen? Maybe God at this time, maybe God's got something bigger in store for us down mm -hmm. the road. He just wanted to see, are you going to be obedient with this nickel? test of faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Test, test of faith. Are you going to be obedient with this nickel before I give you a dollar? Right. Right? And so mm -hmm. I think people tend to look and say, well, I did what he told me to. Now, he didn't He didn't respond to me, so the heck with God. Right. I told you he wasn't real. Right. I hear it all the time. It's like, no, he's real. He's real. He's just, you know, it's a little test. So, but anyways... Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, Kathy and I are both really proud of both him and Stacy. And Travis jumping out on this on this on this small group was wonderful. Um, it, matter of fact, it got <laughs> took off so quick we had more more than they allotted or allowed. I, I hate to use the word allowed, <laughs> but we want to try to keep our, our our small groups to twelve, just like Jesus's twelve groups. And man, people heard about it, and there's just like a brush fire. Oh my before goodness. I before I could even reconcile uh, the number of members I had when I started promoting this, uh, I was already at, over my capacity, and that's why I had to reach out to Kathy <laughs> and humble myself and tell her I'm sorry for allowing so many people in. I, I would hate to have to turn around and remove people from the group but you know what it, that, that's not loading i can't do that so we're, we're gonna make it work you know yeah. well, <laughs> you know yeah, as it is when we meet once a month yeah not all the guys are. yeah i mean likely uh, life happens to everybody right. not everybody can make every single trip so uh just like you know we had 18 we have 18 members in the group and and we had 11 souls on board right. the point on the boat so perfect you know we were keeping it in a good number and it worked out well so we always say who's supposed to show up god will have them show up yeah you know and so um small groups you know um kathy and i always talk about with our couples and even the one-on-ones that we do that you know what's the community that you're hanging out with 
Um, we find that the people that have a good community of people around them in a small group are coming to church regularly. Um, Like-minded people that are on the same kind of journey they are and with the same kind of um, attitudes they got towards their healing path. Mm-hmm. We find that all those couples, yeah, they struggle, but because they're they're surrounded with a community of like-minded people, they, they, they have those people they can reach out to. Yeah. They can't, you know, you can't always get a hold of me and Kathy. We're there as much as we can, but it's important to have that community of people that you can you can journey with along the way. And it's beautiful. We're seeing, uh, we had a bunch of babies born around the same time in a couple's The, the yeah. COVID plan. Oh, man, I tell you. <laughs> so, but we're seeing these couples pair up, parents pairing up, you know, first time in everything. And, and that's what's really important. Is what can, what's the community of people that you're that you're involved with? And Destiny is a big believer in small groups. Like I say, we, I think we have. <laughs> Man, sorry about this. Isn't a professional studio. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, not a professional studio, and that's gonna happen. So. <laughs> um, Best home security system available. Yeah, yeah that's my. <laughs> Extra security right there. Um, disciple, I mean, uh, uh, small groups, you know, we believe in them heavily at, at, at uh, Destiny. And uh, we've got plenty of them. We've got quite a few of them. We've we, we got a couple married groups. I know one thing that Pastor Nate and I are going to be starting next this next semester is a men's, going to be t- geared towards a, a men's, big men's ministry. We haven't figured it out yet, but our okay. wives are putting us, they're, they're charging us with it. Oh, well, remember I told you about the, the breakfast. Yeah. The that, men's breakfast. That, that'll be yeah. part of it, yeah. Awesome. Stuff like that. So, you know, if, if you're in the community and you're looking for a place to uh, to be a part of, you know, c- come on out at the East Campus over here in Indio on Sunday mornings. We have a 930 service and it's a it's a very loving church. Um, You're tired of your they, circumstances, yeah. and you want to make a change. Yeah, getting into a life group is the first step Absolutely. to a huge change. Absolutely, and, and you know we got men's group, we got women's group, we got yeah. first time moms groups, we got a couple married groups, we got all sorts of different groups. You know, we got you know we do live groups. They also have Zoom groups still because of the COVID. Um, so there's just all sorts of groups, and like I say, anytime you, if, you're, if you need a church to go to, I'm telling you, I, I ran I ran away from the church in God for 38 years. And I walked into Destiny in 2012, and I never looked back because they treated me with, with the absolute love of Christ. Never had anything drilled down my throat. I've been treated, um, I've been treated really good by the church, and everybody I know. That Kathy and I do, they're all treated really good by the church too. So we'd love to see you if, if, if you find it in your heart. You can, uh, and then if you want, you can. Hey, I want to put this plug out there too. Artisan Concepts, Artisan Design Concepts, Artisan Design Concepts. They've got a website. Check them out. They do beautiful work, gorgeous work. It's, Thank it's, you. It's um, it's it's epoxy tops. It, he does he does a sample out at the at the the shows he does. He takes uh, a open piece air of market, open yeah. air market, right? Yeah. He, yeah, he takes a piece of marble or, t- or marble with a, with a hammer, and, and he, one shot, and it just shatters it to pieces. And then he clears that all off, and he and he takes that same hammer and beats the epoxy with. It. I mean, beats it, and 
you might scuff it a little bit, but it does not damage it. You can set a hot, you can set a hot pan on it. He does kitchens. He does bathrooms. He can do art, art, yeah. Specialty handles, specialty handles. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> wine, you know, wine bottles, a pizza cutter. He, he's got it all. So <laughs> thank you. Check, check out, check out their website. And if you're, you know, in the market to get something, uh, a remodeling your house, visit, you know, give them a call. Go down and visit them. It's, it's really interesting. They, I guarantee you, you'll be happy with their work. And, and I know Travis. He, if he doesn't like it, he'll take it out on his own and, and fix it. Mm -hmm. He's very, he's a very good craftsman. His wife does all the jail work, and she's a very good artist. So thank you. Um, I, and I'll say that she didn't have a creative bone yeah, go in her body down. when we first met. Right. And, and so I think I, I don't know if it was our our spiritual foundation. Or, or if it was me that activated that, but I think it has something to do but with the power of God. Yeah, she's got one now. That's, that's, that's God right there. So. Absolutely. <laughs> so if you want to hear more, you know more about what I do, my, my, my life coaching, uh, visit changeyourlifestorynow.com, changeyourlifestorynow.com. If you want to know more about the foundation, the work we do there with sexual abuse victims, uh, visit courageousheelers.org, courageousheelers.org. All you got to do is there's a contact form on both those websites. Fill out the website, fill out the contact form, send it off to me, and um, I'll get back to you usually within a couple hours of receiving your email. Um, and we can set something up if you want to talk about taking a journey with me. Also, you get my books, uh, Healing the Wounded Child Within. It's on Amazon and paperback, Audible, and, um, and, and Kindle. My uh, seven-day workbook is to that. It goes with the, the Healing the Wounded Child. It's available on Amazon paperback. And my 30-day devotion of the wholeness is also available on Kindle and paperback uh, on Amazon. And I'm going to start talking about it now. Uh, I think it's getting really close. But my book is right now is in the process of being translated into Spanish. Um, oh, wow. So... That should be. I'm hoping that comes out here in the next month or two. That uh, is so significant. It's I mean, huge. it's going to be huge because there's so many victims in the Hispanic community. It's and and it's a lot of how much of that stuff goes unreported. Ten percent. No, no, ninety percent. Okay, and so think of what it would be in that denomination of oh, it's it's, of it's terrible. It, it's it's probably even higher than 90%. Well, you, you, what really pushed it over the top for me, I've had people ask me before, is that I met a guy back in Texas at a conference, and he's Hispanic. And he, he recently, well, like six months ago, he goes, hey, is your book in Spanish? And I, and I said, no, nah, I want to get it translated. So I just told him I was getting it translated about two weeks ago. And he says, good. He's working with, um, with mission missionaries down in Mexico, Spanish-speaking missionaries mm -hmm. that want my book. Good. He, they they, they need your book. Yeah, he loves the book. He talks <laughs> about so, um, anyways, I just wanted to put that out there too. It'll come out, and I will let you all know when that's been released in the Spanish edition. Um, it's just taking a little bit of time, and that's okay because all good things take time. So, again, thanks for joining me and Travis today on this episode of uh, Healing Courageously. And remember that if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does, but more importantly, God does. Everybody be blessed. Have a great morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you're watching this. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. 
we will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does. <laughs>